the blast from our past network. You know, he walked into my shop here about five or six years ago, uh, right out of the blue, asking for a job. So I put him to the test, see what he can do. Kid's amazing. Yeah. So I hire him on the spot. Boom. At about half the wages I normally pay. <laughs> he didn't blink an eye. Hey, kid, come over here for a second, will And I have been exploiting him ever since. <laughs> Shh, don't tell him. Look, looks like we have a bigger problem than I thought. We're gonna have to keep the car here for a few days. So I offered your services to take Benicio and Irene home. That be okay? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't have wheels in my car. Okay. That's one thing you should know about me. We'll put the tires on. You got five minutes? Yeah. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. This week, we have another fun episode lined up for you. Dean is here. Dean, welcome. Hey, Tim. Hey, how's it going? Great. I'm doing doing great. Just want you to know that uh, you get me for five minutes today on this podcast. <laughs> Anytime before or after that, you're on your own. Well, it's been a while since you've thrown a silly pun in there at the beginning, Dean. Thank you for that. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> uh, we have a very special guest with us this week. He is a fellow BFOP networker. And he is a co-host on the Action Action Podcast. We have Dustin joining. What is up, Dustin? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks so much uh, for having me on. Of course. Feels like, of course, you know, we just had you on not too long ago, Tim, and now uh, here we are. Feels feels good. Feels like uh, we're meeting all the, the brothers here in the BFOP network. Exactly. Properly, only after, you know, three years or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a long time coming getting him on the show here. <laughs> it, it has been a long time coming. It's been in the back of my mind for a long time. And I kept thinking, we got to get Dustin on. We got to get Dustin on. We got to get Dustin on. And then it's always easier not to have anybody on. Um, <laughs> yes. So it just yes, kind of like, for sure. <laughs> it fell by the wayside. <laughs> but uh, then when you invited me on, uh, go check that episode out, everybody, over on Action Action. We chat yeah, about it. Should, should. Should be out. Should be out. Yeah, we chat about Lionheart. That's a fun episode. Um, that kind of sparked it, and I was like, okay, well, for sure, now we're getting Dustin on. Let's just do this because we had James on a, lo a long time ago. Actually, we had him on. Yeah, yeah, he did Turtles, right? He did the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. yeah. So uh, had to get you on, and uh, eventually we'll get you both on at the same time. Man, and you know, I don't know what it would take these days, but. It would be a miracle if you could somehow get John on. Too. I know. I'm not even, I'm not even considering that. Not even just, holding your breath yeah. for that. <laughs> Doesn't seem like something that might happen. But hey, if that, if we could get, get that we to happen. We can't even get him on our yeah, show. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, thanks for, uh, for agreeing to, uh, to come on. Uh, glad to have you here. Now, yeah, no, glad to be here. This week, we are going to be reviewing Drive, right? 
Yeah, yeah I, I hope, hope so. so. <laughs> Just to make sure we're on the same page here. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Whew. The 1995 drive, right? With Mark Dacascus? <laughs> yes, that's, that's right. Oh, yeah, wait. Uh-oh. uh-oh. Uh, no, Dustin, you tossed out a few suggestions um, for things that we could cover. And this one kind of stuck out. So what is your background with uh, with Drive? Uh, I had I saw it in the theater when it came out and really, really loved it a lot. And I think I maybe watched it one other time after after it came out on video formats or whatever. And then I just haven't gone back to revisit it in a, a really long time. So I don't actually know why, but it just popped in my head when you uh, were like, oh, think of think of a movie that we, we could do. Uh, and I thought of a handful, but that was the first one that, that popped into my head for no appro- apparent reason. So uh, it just felt like revisiting it, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Dean, what about you? Had you seen it before? Uh, yeah, I had. I was, um, I- I'm really happy that Dustin picked this because I had watched it just back in, I think it came out in 2011 or something. I watched yeah. it um, in 2012, probably. Like I, I watched it soon to its uh, release on, on Blu-ray. I didn't see it in theaters. And uh you know, I, I liked it. I thought it, I thought it was good, um, but I wasn't really I was into uh, wasn't really into movies like that back then. You know, it was like I was more into the action, and so I was one of the people that's like, ah, not enough action in that one. It's pretty good, but not enough action. Um, but I am so glad that Dustin picked it because revisiting it, uh, I am absolutely in love with this movie now. Uh, just just unbelievable. I love it. Yeah, same here. I, I almost echo your sentiments exactly. As I saw it back then, you know. It was on streaming when I saw it, so maybe a year after it came out. I remember liking it at the time, and then I just kind of forgot about it. I didn't really think much of it. So, yeah, the rewatch this time, my goodness, what a powerful movie. Like, this is one of these movies where it just seems like everything came together, like the acting, the story, the cinematography, the music, the yeah music man just... music I've, I've been rocking a real hero since <laughs> since i watched it just on repeat repeat yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a legit soundtrack that like did really yeah. well so uh yeah it's just everything came together for for a really tight experience you know when you get all those things clicking it's hard for the movie not to be really really fun yeah yeah it's it's true and you know that's so much of what movie movie making is but it's just such a hard thing to nail where every component like you're saying has to has to come together for it to be truly truly memorable right and uh yeah i agree it it all seems to be working here firing on all cylinders yeah definitely and uh throw in a little like 70s ninja gore as well (laughs) right just to round (laughs) to round everything out (laughs) for sure yeah why not yeah, it's funny because it's like an it's kind of it has an art house feel, but then it gets yeah. like these like grindhouse moments where it's gets pretty pretty grimy, pretty gory uh, yeah. in the violence. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd forgotten about that stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, oh wow, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. He's it's a it's a strange balance, right? Because he's, he's you've got this sort of romantic uh tender side of the film and then and then right juxtaposed against it he'll like in the same scene it'll switch to this really graphic stuff so yeah <laughs> i i don't know what's wrong with me but i liked it oh i liked it oh yeah, yeah i'm not saying it didn't yeah. like it. it just caught me off guard yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 
the gore was like uh the only thing i i remembered of the movie so oh, okay. i forgot like the the uh-huh. the touching moments you know the 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 relationship i forgot all that stuff and so just yeah putting those next to each other putting those like tender moments right next to these uh extremely violent moments that's the stuff that i really liked about it yeah well here is a synopsis of the movie a mysterious Hollywood action film stuntman gets in trouble with gangsters when he tries to help his neighbor's husband rob a pawn shop while serving as his getaway driver. So that's a that's a fine synopsis. No lies in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to check for the lies. Sometimes. <laughs> There's often <You> lies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Riddled sometimes with lies. Now, it was based on a 2005 novel also titled Drive. And this movie was released in 2011 with a budget of only $15 million, and it grosses over 80 So I mean, that's pretty successful for this type of movie to yeah. make that much. Yeah, definitely. Now, Drive earned an Academy Award nomination for Best Sound Editing. The movie it lost to was the big winner that year at the Academy Awards. And it was also a huge surprise. It had 10 nominations and five wins. Now, do you guys think you can guess what oh, movie boy. that was? So bad at years. So bad at Oscars. Yeah. It was a huge <laughs> surprise. A huge surprise. Okay, so the, the King's Speech was 2010, so it's right after the King's Speech. Oh, wow, he's, he's got it nailed at that King's Speech point. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only point I have of reference. I think Argo's 2012, so it's right in between there. What's 2011? Um, I'm not saying it won uh, Best Picture, but it, it was nominated right. for 10 awards, right, and it right. took and home it five. five. It was the big winner. It, it was huge. A movie. Huge. Huge. I'm surprised. So it's about something. I'm trying big. to remember 2011, and it's you know my mind is not. Uh, <laughs> it's not. You know, I'm I'm with you. I I would I wouldn't have a chance at this. <laughs> yeah, I I there's no way I'd be able to guess this. Hmm. Oh dang! Yeah, I wish. Any I could. other clues? Any, like a a cast member or something like that? Ooh, I like that. Um, a cast member. Hmm. Not even sure I could recall a cast member. Oh well. How about a oh. how about a big clock? clock oh hugo yeah oh, hugo. hugo yeah okay, it was a huge surprise off a little bit <laughs> okay okay I, gotcha. anyway, but... I always forget about hugo yeah i i saw that in the theater too and i and i actually i need to revisit that because i don't remember it very well at all yeah same I remembered Same. it being really good. I remember yeah, it being I remember, a huge yeah. surprise yeah. of how good it was. Yeah. I'm really liking it. And that was a Scorsese movie, right? Which was and it was like a very different yeah. type of movie for him. Yeah, I mean it was almost like a kid's movie, you know? Yeah, I would never have got that. Yeah, no, don't I don't <laughs> that was a, that was super tough. I mean, that's a movie <laughs> you just forget about. I had no idea it did so well at the awards. I totally forgot about that it movie. It exists. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so they say. Now, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. Now, he's done a handful of Danish crime movies. He has a series called Pusher. Dustin, any mm-hmm. chance you're familiar with this? You know what? It's been on my watch list since before I knew what a watch, watch list was. It's, <laughs> I've, I used to have it on some external hard drive like a million years ago. Like okay. I'm talking over, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And I've just never gotten around to it. And then I noticed, I think that there may be on Tubi. So I'm like, oh, finally, I'm going to watch these movies. Still, still haven't done it. <laughs> I bet so they're pretty good. I've, 
Yeah. 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 I, would, I think so. I've heard people talk about them before on like other podcasts and stuff, and I'm like, oh, it sounds great. And still, here I am. Haven't haven't watched it. Oh, maybe one but, day. Uh, yeah. One in one of these days. One day. One day. You'll get there. <laughs> uh, he also did Bronson from 2008. And yeah, that one I am a big fan of. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's great. That's one that I've always, it's it's always there. It's like, maybe I'll watch <laughs> yeah. Bronson today, and then it's just something yeah. else. So I'll watch something else instead. But Now, I like this. His inspiration for being a filmmaker was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So anytime Beautiful. I hear something like <laughs> yeah. that, I'm like, yeah, man, for sure. That's, that's great, because that movie is just such a pure movie. I love it. Just, just a grimy movie. It's just it. great. I love when though. someone says that's their inspiration. Yeah, just it's, it, it's no, great. It's, that's wonderful. Like from yeah. a filmmaking perspective, because exactly. that's like a movie that somebody made with very little resources and did exactly what they wanted to do and made like an almost perfect horror film, right? So yeah, it's such a good movie. Uh, I also read that uh, Refin he let the cast have a lot of input with their characters, um, allowing them to change things from the book. And even help rewrite parts of the script just to get them more invested in the movie. So I thought that was pretty cool. Now, cinematography by Newton Thomas Siegel. Now, we haven't talked about this guy before, Dean, which is kind of surprising because he's done a bunch of movies that we could have covered, but just okay. hadn't. So yeah, he, right. he he did Fallen, which is, man, okay, that's yeah. a, such a great movie. Yeah, uh, The Usual Suspects. Three Kings, X-Men, X-Men 2, X-Men wow. Days of Future Past, X-Men Apocalypse, Valkyrie. He's a Brian, he's a Brian Singer guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he does yeah. Uh, Brian Singer stuff, but uh, lots of stuff there. I'm a huge fan of the way this movie looked. Um, yeah. The camera oh, yeah. was just doing some incredible stuff. Yeah. They did some really unique, like, following people right from behind and also following them right from the front. And there's something kind of uncomfortable about being right behind or right in front of a character. <laughs> you mm -hmm. often, you feel like you don't belong there. Like you feel like you should be pushed back kind of spying on them. So to be thrown like right in the mix, it just, it had a, a unique feel to it. Um, yeah. Not it, to mention like the, the car stuff, the camera work in the oh, cars, yeah. like while he's driving and stuff, right? Car yeah. stuff's amazing. Yeah. There's some slow motion stuff. Like he'll, like he'll do slow motion movements with the camera while characters are stationary, which I always find just adds a little bit of interest to a, a scene that might, you know, otherwise not have a lot of interest to it because people are just sitting there. I like just a small little camera, slow camera move, camera pan, just to kind of keep things moving, keep them in interesting. And he did that several times in this movie. Music by Cliff Martinez. Now he's done a lot of Steven Soderbergh movies. And I think it's safe to say we're all digging the soundtrack pretty hard hell yeah like <laughs> man yeah, yeah, it just much. crushed um i mean at that at the time that it came out uh uh like the friends i hung out with we you know all kind of went a little bit crazy for that soundtrack yeah. and listened to it a lot and and i think you gotta almost i mean maybe i'm speaking out of turn here but i feel like this movie has got a great deal to do with the, the sort of resurgence of like synth wave and dark wave and vapor wave and all that shit uh, outrun or whatever you want to call it all that sort of music that's become super super popular in the last 10 years uh going for that sort of john carpentery kind of yeah, yeah vibe, exactly right? i 
looking at the date and seeing like 2011 on the film, I was like a little bit shocked. I thought it should have been a couple years later just because of that. Cause I thought that, you know, that vibe came a little later, but maybe it did, you know, maybe it was hitting at a, in 2011, but uh, yeah, that's it definitely resurgence so that that music is happening. And it, uh, yeah, like 10 years ago, right. Which is when this movie was coming out. Yeah. I really love hearing synth wave in horror movies and yeah. car movies. There's something about driving down yeah, a highway yes. with like the lights passing over the car at night with yeah. that synth wave pounding. Man, it, it's a it's a vibe. It's a vibe for sure. Yeah, Def- definitely. I, I think that's why they even have that sort of like subgenre that they call outrun. Yeah, which is like specifically meant to be like the car moods, right? Like the it's a Miami night and you're driving down <laughs> right. this you know the city streets with the neon yeah. lights and yeah. stuff. Totally, right? I love it. Yeah. I could just watch a channel of that, of like someone driving in their yeah. car with that music playing just down <laughs> yeah. the highway at night. Sign me up. Hey, Netflix. <laughs> Shoot it. <laughs> or wh- well, now it's green light. It's green lit now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or whoever. It's mentioned. It's, it's, it could it's be going. Disney. It could be uh, Prime. doesn't matter who. <laughs> now, great cast. Um, to start things off, this was the main reason I was very excited that you... Um, suggested this one, Dustin, because I'm big fans of basically everybody in this movie. You have Ryan Gosling, obviously incredible mm-hmm. actor. Carrie Mulligan, she's amazing. Brian Cranston, Christina Hendricks, Ron Perlman, Oscar Isaac, come on. And <laughs> Albert Brooks, yeah. which Albert was a Brooks. great Albert addition Brooks. to the movie. Albert, Albert Brooks voices probably my favorite Simpsons character, uh, RV salesman Cowboy Bob from uh, the episode <laughs> Call of the Simpsons. Uh, that little cameo is everything that it's everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, quite a different role for Albert. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, such a great role. <laughs> but uh, he's he's just very convincing, right? Like, I don't think yeah, he wanted to. Conv- I heard- Go ahead. I heard he uh, I heard he shaved his eyebrows for this movie <laughs> so that he wouldn't have like any like sympathy in his face. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. Yeah, I read that wow. as well. Yeah, I think one of the reasons <laughs> wow. he took it was like how big of a change it was from stuff he'd done. Yeah. He's like, yeah, if you want mm-hmm. me to do it, let's go all the way with it type thing. And, you know, he, he just liked the things his character was doing. Um, well, I did... He's a great he's a great character because he like is also sad sometimes when he has to like make the decisions he has yeah. to make so he's just he's an awesome character yeah for sure i yeah. did read that once ryan gosling signed on that the producers let him choose the director so he chose um nicholas winding refin as the director which i thought that was interesting that's not something you normally get yeah i guess he had some clout by then yeah did he he was in another movie that he did was it before this or after uh, after this, he after, did uh, okay. only only God forgives. Right, I think right. Only the, God forgives. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Like at that point, I guess is that coming off of uh, what's the um, what's the movie where he's getting old and losing his memory? The romantic one, The Notebook. Oh, I guess that was like that was a huge hit, and then uh, yeah. But then he, he but then he did a lot of like indie kind of stuff, right? Like yeah. it wasn't like he was doing blockbuster type stuff. He was doing like Half Nelson and like Lars and the Real Girl and movies like that. Yeah. So uh not sure exactly, but how he got that choice, but that's awesome. It worked out really well that he got to choose the director. Yeah. 
yeah, I just pulled it up. It looks like the notebook was 2004. Um, okay. He did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies after that before Drive. And Crazy okay. Stupid Love was right before Drive, uh, which I think was, okay. that was, I think that was a pretty big movie. I didn't see it, but I think that was, that was it pretty was big. big. Yeah. I actually like that movie. I'm not a big rom-com guy, but I like that one. Yeah, yeah. it's good. It's a, it's a star performance in that movie too. Is um, Place Beyond the Pines before that as well? No, or it's, it uh, it's 2012. It's after? Yeah, okay, it's after. Yeah. But I mean, I think after The Notebook, I think Gosling was like, he was the big, he, he was, was a star. Yeah, he was a star. Right? He was a yeah. bona fide For star. Sure. Yeah, yeah. A Canadian, our Canadian brethren. Yeah, that's right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He actually <laughs> wasn't available to cover Drive with us today. Right. So <laughs> yeah, he's busy. He was busy <laughs> doing some Barbie Barbie <laughs> yeah, press junkets. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have been. He would have been here. He sent his regrets, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe next time he said. Yeah. Now, getting into the story of the movie, man, I thought it was such a strong opening scene with Ryan Gosling, who plays the driver. That's his name in the movie, mm. the driver. I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's pulling a getaway. Uh, Dustin, what did you think about this whole kind of introduction to the movie? Yeah, I mean, it's just an awesome way to, to kick it off because it pulls you in right away, at least for me. It's like uh, we're seeing him in his element doing what it is he does, what he's so great at. Uh, and he's just so smooth and cool. It's shot so awesome. Uh, you know, the guys that he is giving a ride to who have robbed a place are kind of like freaking out. But he is just like nothing, nothing phases him. Right. And as the movie goes, like he's not super emotive in the movie, but he gets so much across with just like the little the little things that he does. But yeah, I think this is the perfect way to start this film. you got a movie about a guy who is a a stunt driver slash heist driver. You, you got to start with a, you got to start with something like this, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was pulled. Yeah. I was pulled right in like right away. Uh, I'm sure you were as well, Dean. What What are some of the things you liked about the intro? Yeah. Wh- why it's so cool to me is because um, it does get into like basically a car chase because um, like he's, he's trying not to like, they're trying to get away without being, you know, without being caught, but there are police that are kind of on their tail. There's a helicopter that's looking for their car. So it becomes a chase and the camera never leaves the car. Like we're in the car the entire time. And it's just, it's such an interesting take on car chase right away. It's like, what is it like in the vehicle? And he's just completely calm. Like Dustin said, like the entire time, even when he's just like right across a light from a, from a cop and he has on the radio that the cop says like, Oh, I think we have the suspect. (laughs) Like they're looking right at him. They're right there. And he's completely calm. He knows what he's going to do. And then like his plan is super, super cool. Like, I love that we don't even know about it. You know, we just kind of find out as it's happening. He had the game. He had the basketball game on the TV earlier when he was like, receiving the call from them he had the game on the radio so he had two things happening on the radio one was the police call the other was the basketball game and he's just waiting for that game to be over so he could pull into staples center uh, where the clippers play get out of the car and just walk out like he was leaving the game awesome i just like absolutely love this opening reverses his uh scorpion jacket yes (laughs) yes awesome yeah like the getaway driving i thought was really good because this at this part it's not about like the fast getaway it was more about being smart and cat and mouse and you know you are downtown in a city so you would be able to hide you know out of the line of sight at times and and then try to come out and get away so there was a lot of that 
you know, at one point he was tailing the police, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. It, yeah, just, it was <laughs> such a such a mood to see him tailing the police, um, you know, for a little bit because because he had to like pull off on a street that he wasn't at yet. Really cool. He, um, yeah, he's got that basketball game on. We all just think he likes basketball and he's listening yeah, yeah, to the he game. He just loves the game. He's got to know what's what's happening in that game. <laughs> yeah, he wants. If they're playing Toronto. He wants Toronto to win. He's a Canadian boy, right? He's <laughs> exactly. like rooting for Toronto. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they lost, but. Yeah, then it all comes together, you know, as the cops are kind of right on his ass. He's waiting for that game to let out. He hears it on the radio into the parkade, parks the car, walks right past the cops. And they can't say anything because yeah. they don't know who they're looking for. And, yeah, and there's crowds of people everywhere. I would, you know, yeah. I like that it doesn't even show what happens to the guys that he leaves in the car. Like, yeah, yes. who, car who cares about them? He's done. Yeah, like he's it's he's, over. Like Dean yeah. said earlier, he gave the, he gave them their five minutes and that's it. Exactly. Yeah. They're probably still in the back seat with their Bella Clavas on, just wondering like, where, <laughs> like where, what do we do? Where'd that guy go? <laughs> I hope yeah, he's coming, he coming back. back? <laughs> it's five minutes is up. It's not his problem anymore. Yeah. Really cool. Just really, you're really great opening to kind of just set set the tone for who this guy is and what he's capable of. Yeah, I like the economy of it, too, because, you know, it's not a flashy movie. Well, I mean, it is in, in terms of style, but it's not flashy, like bombastic over the top chase. There's not you know, we don't have in this scene. We don't have cars rolling around and going off of jumps or, or you know, anything like that. It's you know, it's very grounded in reality, I feel like. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So in that intro, we did meet uh, Brian Cranston's character, Shannon who the driver works with and who he picked up a getaway car from. That's that's the car that he was using. So they've introduced him. They introduced some uh, new characters here as well, where the driver bumps into Carrie Mulligan at this apartment that he's just moved into. She's, you know, his new neighbor. She plays Irene. Then we see him bump into her again at a grocery store where we see that she has a son and her car breaks down outside of the grocery store, and he gives them a ride home. And I thought they did a really good job back at their apartment of showing us how out of this type of element the driver is. <laughs> he just seems a bit awkward. And this kid, you know, comes running out with this Halloween mask on, and the driver's response is to offer him a toothpick. <laughs> because, <laughs> I like, yeah, so his reaction is like, spooky he says or something like that or he's like, but yeah. he has like no actual reaction no affect yeah 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 it's such a uh, i i just i i get that it's just like if you don't have kids or you're not used to kids mm -hmm. like that's yeah. how you'd act you'd be like you'd just be like yeah that would be you know, me in that situation <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want a toothpick? it's almost like saying like do you want pulling out like a cigarette you know, do, do you smoke you know <laughs> yeah. you want a cigarette here it's just really funny. I don't know. I just thought it was very, very yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really good. I also like what I like about this whole part in this scene is you can, like, Gosling is so good in this movie. Yeah. And he was so, like we were talking about in the car, so calm, so serious. And his face was just kind of, like, stuck. It was stuck in, like, a, a position. And <laughs> as he's, like, bumping into Carrie Mulligan and as he's, like, coming into her house and helping her out, you can see his face is, like, relaxing. And he's, like, smiling. Mm -hmm. And you can yeah. already tell he's just, like, likes this this whole thing that's happening, this whole family that he's helping out. He likes it. And it's just by his face, like, relaxing. I just, I just thought he was doing, like, such a great job with such small details in his acting. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, right? It's the small little nuances of what he's doing yeah. because he's not big and over the top. I had a friend who really didn't like the movie back when it came out and he, he was like, well, he just, he just sits there. He's just like, a, he doesn't do anything. And I'm like, well, no, but he is doing stuff, but you really have to be paying attention to yeah. the little movements in his face and stuff like what he's doing. And like you're saying, he's smiling. I think he's pleasantly surprised by the, having this dynamic suddenly in his life. It's not something he was yeah. anticipating, but he is like getting joy out of it that I don't think yeah. he was expecting. Right. Yeah. I really noticed similarities between his performance in drive and blade runner, uh, 2049. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like that, that same type of just stoic yeah. stoic. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to think of the word, but that that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. Now we meet Albert Brooks, who's playing Bernie and Ron Perlman, who's playing Nino, his partner. Mm -hmm. And these guys are bad guys. They're bad. Yeah. I mean, at first, you know, Albert Brooks, he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't necessarily feel like he's such a bad guy, right? Like he's, no, not at the, all. he's the nice guy. Nino is the asshole, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, but of course, as we learn later, he, if anything, Albert Brooks is maybe more even ruthless than Nino. But that's a good reveal, though, to, it gives his character a bit of an arc as well, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Ron Perlman as Nino, though, is just uh, like just <laughs> everyone's doing a great job, but he's just, yeah. man, you watch this and you're like, I love Ron Perlman. <laughs> like, put him <laughs> yeah. in everything. Yeah. He's so great. Definitely. He's just joy, a joy to watch in yeah. this for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Albert Brooks and Ron Perlman, they know Shannon, and the driver works at Shannon's garage. So, that's how this group is connected. Now, Irene takes her car to Shannon's garage to get it fixed because she knows the driver works there and she gets another ride home. So they're building this relationship up pretty well. You know, they've got some some scenes in here pretty early, you know, several of them. And you can tell that they're both attracted to each other. So, you know, it's making sense. They spend a lot, spend a lot of time staring at each other. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, do. True. <laughs> true. They look at each other a lot. Yeah. I mean, they're good-looking people. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'd, if I was there as well, I would also just be staring at both of them. Yeah, I'd just have to split my attention between the two. <laughs> so we know that uh, Irene's husband and the father of her son is in prison. So it seems like this is okay that she's like flirting with him. But right. uh-oh, all of a sudden he's out of prison. And now yeah. we've got a love triangle. Yeah, and and the driver's reaction to this when he hears it, it again, it's just great. <laughs> it was and more silence because, yeah, it's more. It, well, yeah, more silence. <laughs> but he's like, he's so he's he's been just getting happier and happier as he's been spending more time. And when he takes her on that drive home from like his work when her car's getting fixed, he's just smiling the whole time. And then he she even, like brings he even up, cracks a joke to her. Uh, <laughs> he cracks at the, a joke. At the garage about the wheel about the tires on his car or whatever. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, this guy cracks a joke. He's having a great life right now. And then hearing, just hearing that the husband's coming home, he just kind of gets like rocked back to reality where he's like, okay, oh no, what I thought was happening here, what the, the life I thought I was a part of, I'm actually not. I'm back to my, you know, I'm back to who I am where I just work in this garage and I, you know, drive getaway cars at night. That's actually who I am. I'm not this life that I thought I could have fit into. I just, yeah, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Did anyone else feel really uncomfortable for driver 
as the husband is now home, but Irene keeps inviting him over to like <laughs> hang out and be a part of stuff. Like, yes. well, like it's almost she's... like she wants to prove that like, oh, we weren't doing anything. He's just the friend from <laughs> right, next door. Yeah. But I yeah, feel like right, she totally. still like is into him. Like she'll oh, still sure. throw smiles his way, even though the husband's there. And I yeah. just felt so uncomfortable for him. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, the whole situation is awkward, right? And I think Oscar Isaac also killing it in this part. Um, and this could have been a very like stereotypical type of role, but I feel like he he kind of makes it feel like a little bit something different. Like, because at first we see when Driver comes back and he's like gotten beaten up by these guys that are shaking him down, and you're like, oh, okay, he's just he's this loser and he's gonna drag this family down, and like there is that element, but then it's like. Okay, well, he's also like he's trying to get out and doesn't really know what to do, and um, he's yeah, he's not this perfect guy, but I don't think he's really meant to be a bad guy either. Like he's just that's it's just the situation that they're in, kind of thing. Um, I think he does a great job though. Like even he's telling that story about how they, how him and Carrie Mulligan met and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I I think we get more from him, obviously, than we do from Driver, but they're very similar characters, I think. Like, Driver is also a criminal, and we don't know how he got to that point, and we don't know, but we, we feel like he's a good guy. I, the part that I really like is when he's sitting down with the kid, and they're talking about this movie on TV, and they're talking about the shark that's the villain. And, uh, you know, he says, how do you know he's the villain? And the kid says, well, he's a shark. Look at him. He's a villain. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, he Driver says, aren't there any nice sharks? And he says, no. And I think that's like him <laughs> yeah. trying to be like, but like, I'm a bad guy, but I'm, a, I can be a nice guy too. Right. And the kid's like, no, you like no, criminal, you're, if you're a criminal, you're, you're a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I just like, I like this with, uh, Oscar Isaac's character and Ryan Gosling. I feel like they're very similar. Like they're, they're both not really necessarily wanting to be, have the life they have, but somehow they got here and now somehow they're stuck here. Yeah. That's a really good point. I actually never put that together. How, how much of a parallel those two characters are because yeah, they're both into Irene. They both like, <laughs> you can tell they're both caring, but also like they have a screw loose. Like you can tell yes. that like <laughs> it won't take much to set them off. Yeah. Um, that's a, yeah, that's really interesting. I like that. Also uh, sharks are not always bad. Okay. This is coming from someone who, <laughs> cried when jaws was killed because he was the hero in my eyes so <laughs> just just eating all those annoying <laughs> annoying uh what's that beach called where's that town that they live amity at? amity all those yeah. assholes too bad he didn't eat the mayor <laughs> if he eats the mayor and eats mrs kintner we got <laughs> we're going we're going somewhere there we're, we're we got a better movie yeah. there yeah see the driver would have loved to watch jaws with you because he would have said yeah the yeah. sharks the shark's the hero and then he would have been happy right, that yeah. shark was just doing what he had to do exactly yeah. <laughs> just being a shark so so far out of the driver's character we've gotten like this soft spoken gentle caring person and that all starts to change here as we see him in a restaurant and this guy recognizes mm -hmm. him and wants to pull a job with him and, you know, comes up on him in a very unprofessional way, just spitting out like I've got this. I want you to be a driver for this new thing I've got. And driver tells him if he doesn't shut up, he's going to kick his teeth in. So mm -hmm. this is where we see, yeah, he's got an edge. You see the other, the other side of the coin, yeah. There's a dark yeah. side to this guy. He's, you know, he's more complicated than he appears. So, um, and it kind of, you know, 
moves on further here to what, what Dustin had mentioned earlier, where we see Standard, you know, Oscar Isaac's character, weird name, Standard, but Standard, yeah, um, you know, skeletons in his closet have come back, and he's been beaten up, and he's in this parkade, and Driver finds him in the parkade, and helps him back inside, and we don't well, learn. Just to just to interrupt for a second, sure. sorry. Yeah, no. I like that he. Before he even checks, he doesn't check on Oscar Isaac. He goes first to go and crouch and yeah. talk and talk to the little boy, right? Yeah, make great. sure he's okay because he's great. been yeah, I love that. traumatized by what he's seen here. But yeah, yeah. We don't learn for a bit, but these guys who beat up Standard, uh, they work for Nino, so that's revealed later. But that's that's what's mm-hmm. going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Standard owes the money from when he was inside uh, hush money or, or something. I think it was protection money. Oh, protection money. For, okay. For in, for being in jail, right? Like you need someone to watch your back while you're in there kind of thing. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And he said it started at like $2,000, which you're like, okay, yeah, if I'm in jail, jail, you know, if it's actually going to be dangerous there, $2,000, not too bad. And yeah. he said by the time he got out every day, it just keeps going up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And now it's at 20. Who knows what it's going to be at tomorrow? So it's like, it's this hole that, you know, it, this this deal that seemed reasonable at first. Okay, 2000, maybe yeah. I can come up with that after I get out as long as I'm alive. And then now it's like ridiculous and you can't even get there. Yeah, right. They make it like a pretty dire situation for him. Yeah, yeah. So they want him to rob a pawn star, pawn star. <laughs> they want him to rob <laughs> a pawn store <laughs> uh, to pay them back. He should rob pawn stars because that's yeah. where all the money is. <laughs> he should, yeah. But... <laughs> um yeah, so these guys have threatened Irene and the boy. So that's what Driver is taking very seriously here, is that their lives have been threatened. So he wants to help. So they go to meet the guy who beat up Standard. I think his name is Cook. He's not a very nice guy either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed this part, though, where they meet him at this park. And Standard's like, this guy's coming with me. He's driving. And, and, you know, Cook's just like, what? Like, that's not the, the plan. And then, yeah, they're just like, no, this is what we're doing. And uh, Cook's like, okay, okay, all right, okay, fine. So he starts writing on his hand. He's like, okay, so after you get the money, uh, this is how much Blanche will take, which is Christina Hendricks' character. She's going to go with mm-hmm. them and help out. Uh, then he's like, this is how much Standard will get minus what he owes us. And then this is what you'll get. And he turns his hand over to reveal all he wrote on his hand was fuck off. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Yes. And uh, like a really good hard ass, hard ass. Point, yeah. You know? Yeah. Reminded he's like, me, you still in? Uh, you in? Okay, good. Yeah. It reminded me of uh, true romance a little bit when Christian Slater gives Gary Oldman, like, here's what I think, uh, you know, this is worth or whatever. And it's nothing or whatever. <laughs> they, yeah. And then they break out in a big fight. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great scene. So Driver steals a Mustang for this job at the pawn store, and they uh, they head out. Um, Dustin, what did you think of this pawn, sto- pawn store robbery? <laughs> well, it all goes quite poorly, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. Uh, I mean, we learn, we figure out right away that something is up because this other car, car pulls up and uh, is, you know, suspiciously lurking. And then, of course, uh, Blanche comes out first with the bag of money. She gets in the car. Uh, Gosling's already clocked this other car. Like, he knows something is off, right? Yep. Um, 
and then standard comes out and gets like blown away basically uh and they take off and then of course these guys pursue so uh yeah it's just classic like heist gone wrong kind of stuff right uh but then we see we even get a little bit more meaner i'll let you you keep going with the plot stuff but after we've talked about this but we get even a, a even meaner edge of the driver here pretty pretty soon with blanche yeah right um well we do get you know i guess we should say the like standard gets killed here so yeah. we're not expecting it we haven't really seen a moment like this yet in the movie but standard just comes out I'm still thinking everything's going to be fine. I'm thinking they're going to get into the car and possibly get into a chase after that or get oh, into yeah, some yeah. sort of a shootout. But Standard comes out of the pawn store and gets blown away by the guy inside mm-hmm. violently. And then we do get like this pretty good chase scene with uh, the driver and this other car. Um, but Dean, like, what are your thoughts on that chase scene? Yeah, it's uh, for a movie that... Um you know, doesn't have a ton of action and is named drive. This is probably like the peak of the action in the movie um, is this chase scene. It's really good. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's, it, you, you know, you know, something's going to be up right when that car pulls up. So once they hit the road, you're like, okay, you're, you're ready for it. You know, you're ready for this to be a good chase scene. And it is. Um, yeah. I, I just, I find this is like kind of the peak of adrenaline in the movie. Yeah, I'm not like a huge car chase guy. I've mentioned that many times yeah. in the episode. This was a great car chase scene because yeah. it didn't mm-hmm. go on for too long. Go- uh, Gosling is doing some amazing maneuvers with his car. They're like somewhat believable as well. It's a lot of just turning the car forward and backwards um, just to be able to like cut angles. Uh, so I yeah. really liked it. It felt really believable. And I was down with it, man. I, I really, really liked it. Well, when you put this against something like what you would see in like a Fast and the Furious movie, right? Like it feels way more grounded in reality. Like, you, yes, of course, this is heightened too as a movie. But just comparing it to like the type of action movies that we normally see and the things we see with car chases and cars going flipping and all this stuff. I mean, there is a role at the end of this chase, but it's like a reasonable thing to expect in the situation. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's, it was because like the other car couldn't get the right angle that Mm -hmm. I believe driver had set up by spinning the car backwards and it would make it easier for him to turn around this corner backwards. So I don't know. I I liked it. I like, I like his chops as a driver, you know, they, they do have a little, a little bit of like a NASCAR element in the movie where like there, there is a chance that he could be a really good driver but that's right. just not his life. Um, yeah, yeah. It is kind of like this what if moment. Like he, he actually, if he just was a straight edge guy or maybe had a better opportunity, he could have done something way you know better with his life. But that's just not this story. So I like that they throw that to us, but they don't really get into it. But it just leaves you feeling a little bit sad for him. Yeah, no, yeah. that's a good point because... That's it's like the it's like the tantalizing possibility that of he could have this life with Irene and this kid and he could be a race car driver. He could be playing it that straight and narrow. But like you're saying, just what what his life already was, maybe he has does have a bit of an addiction to this uh, this sort of adrenaline of this lifestyle, this criminal lifestyle. 
Um, but also he's actually just trying to help Irene and the kid in this situation by helping standard, right? Like, I don't think he gives a shit about standard, but he wants to help him because it will help them. Um, yeah. So it's, it is sad, right? Like he could have had this, it's there, but it's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think when he was like first hanging out with them and he had this like joy on his face, he's like, this is the role I can play. You know, I, I can be part of this small family. And then once standard comes back in, he kind of gets anchored back by his like original role. He's like, I guess I'm, you know, I guess I'm not different than I thought I was. So how can I help out here by being the driver? That's how I can help out in this situation. I can help standard get his money so that they're safe. You know, like I'll, I'll use my skills to make sure they're safe. Cause I'm not that, I'm not that family guy. I thought maybe I could have been. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's all coming down into this, uh, into this chase scene where he, sh- he shows all of his moves and uh, what I, what makes it so good is like, I know what's going on. Like that can be yeah. a problem with chase scenes. I get yeah. so lost in them. Like I've, I've been recently watching some of the, um, some of the born movies, which I think are fine, but like, I get so lost in those car chases in those movies with well, like it's Paul shaky Greengrass, cam and everything. Right? Yeah. No idea what's going on. And the cuts, yeah, the endless cutting this chase scene. It's just like, I know exactly what's going on and it looks awesome. Like everything just looks like it's happening. Um, so yeah, it's a, a fantastic chase. Yeah, just one other thing about that whole pawn uh, store robbery that I really liked. It's a very small detail, but I I always enjoy when movies will throw this in. And it's when Standard walked into the pawn store and he flipped the open sign to closed. I think yeah, it's just cool. a, it's a very small thing, but that's what you would want to do, right? You would want to make sure you're not drawing any extra attention and... Possibly if someone came up and saw that the store was closed, the sign said closed, they, they might walk away, right? Just that little bit of extra possible help that you could you could use in this situation. So I, I always love seeing when movies do small details like that. Right, yeah. Very easy to not do that, just to have them walk mm-hmm. in and not, not consider it further. But So driver takes Blanche to a hotel room where she confesses the plan was to rip them off, but there was only supposed to be 40,000 in the bag and they have a bag with a million. Right. So that's more, that's more than 40,000. <laughs> it's good math. By, by a large yeah. amount. <laughs> so she's even confused. Like I, this is, this is not what I was expecting. Right. Yeah. Someone shows up at the hotel room and shoots through the window and blows Blanche's face off. Oh. Yeah. So this well, is before our... we before she gets her face blown off, she gets her face like slapped off by the, by oh, the yeah. driver. True. True. We see yeah. sort of the darker the darker side of what uh, he's willing to do, right? Yeah, he does. I mean, he knows, of... he he's been fucked over by these people, but so he's angry. But like, it still kind of shocked me watching it now, where I was like, oh shit, and he's like it's hitting her and stuff, <laughs> like. Also because it was Christina Hendricks. Yeah. Because she's, yeah. it's yeah. tough. I don't know. She seems so sweet. Yeah. She's great. <laughs> Not yeah. in the movie, but yeah. in other roles. <laughs> Joan. Yeah. But he's just like, this is the second moment where he's being tough. The first was in that diner. And you like believe him every time he really turns mm-hmm. it on here. It's yeah. like, oh shit. Like he, yeah. he's going to hurt her bad. Like she needs to tell him right now what he needs to know. Yeah, even when he stares that guy down at the diner, you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, you're like, "He better it's not better fucking leave around." Now. You're you're breaking yeah. his like Robert De Niro heat rules or whatever. <laughs> you know, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was something 
that I thought worked really well in the movie. It's that like Ryan Gosling, he's a smaller guy, but I'm believing everything he's doing physically in the movie. Like when he's, you know, when he ends up fighting people, beating people up, you know, it's believable and it easily couldn't be believable. Like when he encounters a larger guy who has a gun and he doesn't have a gun, you could easily think like it shouldn't go down this way, but they, they do it in a way that, that works for me. And I don't know. I never never questioned it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't question yeah. it either. <laughs> I can't put, rage. I can't put my finger on one single thing that would make it yeah. believable for me, but it is believable in the movie. I never like you said, Dustin, I never once questioned that he could do this. So there's something underlying to his character that it just works that he's this violent. Yeah, and, and what Dean just said, there's ra- like there's simmering rage in this guy, right? That like bubbles over at times and just comes out like crazy and yeah. Mm-hmm. He uh, he goes off. He's got that uh, twenty-eight days later rage, and he can turn it on and off. <laughs> right? <laughs> Shit, <laughs> it's the bad rage. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that guy is now in the hotel room shooting at the driver, and the uh, driver is able to grab him and stab him in the neck with a shower rod. <laughs> a lot of blood. <laughs> a lot of blood. Pretty much what you'd expect with a, sh- a shower, a hollow shower, <laughs> yeah, shower good. rod going into your neck. <laughs> Yeah, jug a jugular, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like crazy amount of blood shooting out everywhere. Yeah, use your imagination, mm-hmm. everybody listening. It's uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, but a second guy comes, and uh, driver uses uh, the first guy's shotgun to kill the second guy. But driver also took a shot in the arm, uh, so he's taking a bit of damage. So he's not a superhero, you know. He's he's getting beat up as well, which I also like to see. But uh, what a gruesome scene. I just I have to say, yeah. this is sort of where the movie reveals to us that it's going to be gruesome. And, you know, they're they're kind of like showing their cards now. They're saying, here it is. The movie was also what you saw before, but now it's this as well. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's great that he's, you know, he's so covered in blood. He's got blood all over his face. You know, it's it's the blood on the hands also. You know, it's like. He's had this five minute window. I'm just the driver. You get in the car. I, I leave you somewhere. I, I wash my hands clean. I'm maybe he's trying to convince himself he's not a criminal. You know, maybe he's not part. But this is the life he's in. This is the world he's in. And it finally caught up to him. It's finally this dangerous. And he had to get his hands dirty. And so I like seeing him kind of come around the corner with just like blood all over his face. And he's just like looking at what happened. And, you know, that's the world he lives in. Yeah. And, you know, that world now is that this conflict of interest because he's sort of working together with Shannon and, uh, you know, Bernie and Nino, they're going to like, they're supposed to be a race team, but now he's kind of gone down this wrong path with Nino, who is like the person who kind of set this whole robbery up. And now driver has this million dollars that he's not supposed to have. He's supposed to be dead. You know, Nino is supposed to have this money. So, he's in real deep here in this like really weird situation that he wasn't expecting to find himself in and, you know, doesn't want to be a part of. And he actually just wants to give the money back. He calls up Nino yeah. and, and the, or he like, he tracks down that cook guy and, you know, yeah. be, beats him up a bit, <laughs> made him, him swallow in front of a bunch of strippers. Right. Yeah. Made him swallow a bullet, which I thought was funny. Um, Great. But yeah, he gets like, gets Nino on the phone and he's like, I just want to give this money back. 
um, because he just wants to get out of it, right? Like, this is too much for him. This isn't, you know, he doesn't do this, so... Well, first he's going to like, ha- he's acting like he's going to hammer the bullet into the guy's head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't give him the number to call Nino or whatever. Yeah. Uh, would that, and it's would... the bullet, it's the bullet that they gave to the kid, right? Yeah. When, right. When they yeah. originally beat up Oscar Isaac uh, standard. Yeah. Um, would, does that yeah. work? Does anybody know if that works? If you hammer a bullet, will it go off? I think it can. I don't it know could, if it yeah. would. Either way, yeah. it's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's what's great about that scene. Yeah. You're just like watching that, and you're like, "What's gonna happen? <laughs> like, if he actually does that, what's gonna his head? <laughs> like, with what's a gonna happen here?" Yeah, you're right, Dustin. It either blows his head off, or the bullet is driven into his brain. Just fucking so hurts. either way, yeah. <laughs> both of them it's suck. gonna do the job. <laughs> then it makes him eat it. Like that's just yeah, right. It's it's a great scene. Right. He's like, "Just kidding. I'm not gonna kill you." But here swallow this there's something I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to put my finger on this exactly but there's something about the way that scene is lit too like when he enters yeah. that room it's so bright like he's it's coming really down bright. that dark hallway yeah. uh, you know this grimy place and then there's that girl on her phone that's just like oh they're over there or whatever <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah can't be bothered and then he enters this like brightly lit i don't know almost uh, something about it reminded me of like a kubrick shot or something it's just mm. weirdly staged and then like while he's yeah. on the phone with nino the strippers are kind of just sitting there like in this frozen like model state like almost like i don't know it's very strange but for some reason it just adds to the whole weird vibe this movie has in general yeah yeah for sure yes i felt that as well and it's i think it's because of you know obviously the lighting it's like these dancers i think they're dancers or something they're probably Mm -hmm. applying their makeup there so they want like a, a really well lit room but it was something about their indifference to what was going on. Yeah, they, yeah. It was like they didn't care or it's something they see every day. Another day like, another day at the office. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. it was, I, I agree. It was uncomfortable. It's just, it was something off. Yeah. I like that one of them just got Nino on the phone and handed it to driver. Like that's how he got Nino on the phone. I think, right. Didn't one of the dancers just hand him a phone. Yeah. Well, he, he yeah. He, he says, get Nino. Uh, the guy okay. on the ground. He's like, get Nino on the phone. Somebody get Nino on the phone. And okay, so she just okay. like hands him the phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right. <laughs> so driver goes to Irene and confesses to her what happened with uh, him and standard and, you know, how he was involved in standard getting killed. He says he was just trying to help, uh, but she slaps him. Uh, I like this part here. He says that she can have the money if she wants. She could go away. He could go with them. I liked how he tagged that on. Right. And then she slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. And that he could take yeah. care of her. So uh, this was a good moment for me because I like when they include in movies like people who come off of a really traumatic experience and they act irrationally uh, because that's kind of believable. And that's what drivers doing here is this plan's not going to work. Like you can't just make off with a million dollars of um, like mob money. Uh, Also a million bucks. I mean, how far is that going to get you for the rest of your life? Even like this, this plan doesn't make sense, but He's out of his element. He doesn't know what to do. He wants to believe it. it's possible, right? Yeah, he yeah. wants exactly. He wants to believe it. So he comes up with the he comes up with the idea. So I like that. It's another like small thing the movie added that really really worked for me is this moment. 
Yeah, and it shows you that like all he's kind of thinking about is her because I think it happens right after she slaps him. Then he's like, "You can have all the money." So it's <laughs> like he's yeah. he got slapped right, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Like uh, this relationship is now strained. So like, how can I get that back? And he's mm-hmm. like, "You can have the million dollars. It's all yours. <laughs> you can go have a great life." So I, I like that that was his next step right there after being slapped. Mm-hmm. And she already knows Standard is uh, is dead at that point because the police have been there to. To, yeah. Tell, yeah. to tell her and interview her and stuff, right? Yeah, it's on the yeah. news yeah. and stuff too, yeah. Uh, then we get uh, the elevator scene. What, yeah. Dean, what did you think of the elevator scene? Uh, the elevator scene is obviously great. Um, this is like one of the only things I remembered about the movie going into it. I was like, oh, I think there's like, there's a scene where he smashes in someone's face and I didn't even remember exactly how it happened. And then it's just so much better than what I remembered. It's just, it, it's so great <laughs> yeah. that it's like, it, it, it kicks into slow motion uh, after he notices, like there's another guy in the elevator with him, with them. And he notices that he has a gun. So he's like, kind of knows what's going on here. And, uh, and so in slow motion, he kind of pushes her away from the guy into the corner, uh, kisses her. So they're kissing in slow motion and then turns back to the guy. The guy motions to, for the gun. And then, you know, he knocks him into the corner and just stomps, stomps, stomps on his face. And uh, you think it's like, oh, this is like so ultra violent that he just keeps stomping and stomping. But like, this is his rage. Like, he's so pissed off. He's even in this situation. He he was fine. You know, he he had something. He he thought he had this, you know, this life that he was, this little group, this little family that he was with. And now it's all ruined. Like, everything's totally ruined. She just slapped him. And so he's just like taking all his rage out on this guy's face. Well, and he, it is, but he, uh, he like kisses her first in this like yeah, very her first. tender embrace. Yeah. Yeah. This is long kiss and then, then stomp the guy's brains out of his head. But in front of her. Yeah, but I think you know, this is how I think protective he's feeling. So he just yeah. he's gone over the top, right? Um Yeah, yeah. But of course now she sees him in a totally different light. Like the way she looks at him when she gets off the elevator yeah. is like, This is a fucking lunatic that I'm yeah, I'm, yeah <laughs> been with here. Yeah. Or or been and attracted even his to. Look. Even yeah. his look back, he's like, uh, shit. Like, whoops is kind of like his look back, right? He's like, uh-oh, you didn't like that, I think. He looked gone. <laughs> his yeah, eyes. Gone. You could yeah. you could read it in his eyes. He looked like a zombie in that moment. Like, he, yeah. ha- he had, you know, his, his silver or white jacket is covered in blood. Um, his eyes almost looked like, what did I just do? Like, he almost, like, he surprised himself even with what he was capable of. But... Yeah, it was a good moment because I think he's gone after that. I think he's kind of like yeah. he lost his touch with reality potentially there. But yeah. that that's the scene, such an interesting scene because that kiss is so weird because the way they shoot it is like they turn the camera close to the two of them and they black out the background like nothing yes, else. The exists. lights dim as yeah. he he kind of he kind of yeah. puts her aside to get her away from the guy. Because he spotted the gun, and then yes, the lights go down, and they have this moment, and then and then boom, back to the insanity. <laughs> but that's another weird feeling, right? Like in a movie that mm-hmm. hasn't done anything like that, all of a sudden the lights dim, and it was almost like something you'd see in a like a a rom com, you know, where they do that in a, in an elevator. But you know, that could have been up for one of those MTV best kiss awards <laughs> right uh, it was, should have it, yeah. was a, it was a you know it was a good kiss but you yeah. know they they, <laughs> they juxtapose it with what could have been one of the most violent could have won for violent kills <laughs> yes. of the year award yeah. 
two seconds yeah. after that where he like i think that's the whole genius of the movie right there yeah. right like yeah. that's the that's the crux of what this movie is it's it's trying yeah. to do both things it's living in two worlds it's yeah. it's a guy with a split personality basically he's he's yeah. the, he's two things um and trying to be one like you know trying to be one guy but it's not really working out <laughs> yeah and that can be a tough thing to pull off in a movie and have both sides work and be believable but this movie did it mm-hmm. they did it really yeah. well yeah and that's like the extreme it, the extreme both happens in that elevator it's like the only time he kisses her and it's the most violent he gets in the movie yeah uh, it's, it's a pretty unforgettable scene, I think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't think it won best kiss at the, uh, MTV awards because, because <laughs> of what happens right afterwards. <laughs> the kiss should be tainted Guess, by best the Best kiss followed by a murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Followed by someone's head getting stomped off basically. Yeah. <laughs> Crunch. Oh. Um, so Nino explains to Bernie what's going on with this money. Okay. That, I think they work together, but I feel like Bernie's the boss. Uh, I get that vibe. Um, Nino tells him that he heard a rival from the East Coast was stashing that million dollars at a pawn store and was going to invest it and set up a rival business. So Nino set up the robbery. You know, screw them. Let's get them out of here. Take their money. Uh, Not great, though. Bernie's like, you're stupid. Like... That, that yeah, money it, was the, is... it was like the Italians or something, right? And and yeah. uh, Nino is a funny character because they're they're Jewish. The two characters, Nino and uh, what's Albert Brooks's guy, uh, Bernie. Okay, Bernie. Um, and it's but he Nino is acting like he wants to be an Italian mobster. He dresses like the, <laughs> right. the way he has a pizza shop. He's calling yeah. himself Nino, although yeah. uh, I think. Uh, that Bernie refers to him as Izzy, so he has a different yeah. name. Like his, he's not right, even going yeah, by yeah. his actual name, right? Right. Uh, all that, all that stuff's pretty funny. Just those little details. I think Bernie says like, all the money flows upstream. So like, we can't have this money because it's basically going to get back to them regardless. So, um, yeah, it's just not going to work. So Nino wants to tie off the loose ends about who knows about what's going on. And that would be Driver and Shannon, who Driver has told about this money. Uh, Bernie says, well, he doesn't really say, but he alludes to the fact that there's one other person who also knows about what's going on. And it's that guy, Cook, who's been involved with Driver. And Bernie kind of walks over to him, you know, as the guy's sitting, I think they're in a restaurant, mm-hmm. just walks yeah. over to him and stabs him in the eyeball with a fork. And then puts a really large knife into his neck to tie yeah, off that yep. loose end. Yikes. Yeah. He's like, here's your fuck up. I'll deal with your <laughs> yeah, fuck I'll, up right I'll, here. Yeah, I'll deal with this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now you can handle mine is basically what he <laughs> says, right? Like, yeah, I'll d- deal with your fuck up here. So Bernie pays Shannon a visit next. Shannon won't give up driver. So Bernie kills him with a razor blade. Uh, cuts another main artery. We we had that scene before too, where a driver actually goes to Shannon and is like, "What happened? How did they know where I lived?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, I talked to Bernie to try to like he tried to like try to smooth right. it out with Bernie. So basically, he gave him up and gave up the girlfriend and everything. Yeah, the girl, quote unquote, girlfriend. Um, and so he's like pissed at him too, but you know, he doesn't like 
beat him up or anything but he's just like what the fuck man like why are you always fucking everything up shannon <laughs> like uh, you're such, you're such a dipshit <laughs> yeah and shannon's just so like lovable he's like no i told him you only care about the girl and not the money so everything yeah. should be fine yeah it's yeah. gonna be it's cool he's still he's still wanting to hold on to this idea that they're all gonna have a race car together yeah. right so yeah. yeah yeah and i think this I, I think this like this is where when bernie goes to actually see shannon to kill him where it's like he's kind of sad he's like i think right. he's disappointed that they didn't get to do this race car thing he yeah. was kind he of is. excited he about is it disappointed yeah. and you know yeah and like shannon's his friend you know even though like they, they he likes this shannon to, he likes shannon that's basically why he's stuck with them because he tells a story earlier about shannon and how he, he like started working with shannon and he's like i liked him like he he overcharged me and he's like i thought that was kind of funny i like this guy i've kept him around so he's sad he's gotta you know kill shannon so I, yeah this this uh, this uh bernie character is you know more there's more to him than just oh i gotta get the job done so i, I really i really liked him but and albert brooks is just bringing that to the screen th- that's the best kind of villain right where he yeah he, he do, he's not actually taking any pleasure in killing shannon but no but it's not gonna stop him for a second he is gonna yeah, fucking kill him no yeah. matter what yeah 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 after he killed him with this like straight razor he it's almost a and... more brutal death in a way. Sorry, Ooh, just yeah, like this, was, just yeah. like it's it's okay, it's okay. Like he's sla- he's opened yeah. his wrist. It's done now. It's, it's over. Done. It's yeah. over. Yeah. It's cool. You know, it's fine. Just let it happen. Yeah, he goes back and he puts that razor in a little box with like four other knives. Yeah, he's and a knife just, guy. <laughs> well, it just maybe it made me think like, how many people has he killed with those different knives? Like, yeah, if, for sure. If those knives yeah. could talk, you know, what stories? Would those, they tell? yeah, yeah, those are his special knives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the intimate kills right so driver shows up and he finds uh that shan is dead he pulls the money out of one of the trunks in the car there which is kind of like made it a little bit more sad for shannon because you know shannon had the opportunity to give up driver even more because the money was there when bernie came to kill him Mm. and he still said like i don't know where driver is i don't know where the money is so he was standing up for him still um Mm. so when driver pulled it out i was like oh man shit shannon uh you know he was just he was just kind of dumb you know he's a little bit dumb but his intentions were good but he just i don't know He he had a big mouth but here where it counts he didn't say anything right yeah but driver here, he puts on his stunt mask, which we've seen a couple times in the movie. <laughs> his this creepy, is creepy, so creepy. Mask. Could you, so creepy. Could you imagine if you actually bumped into somebody who was wearing a mask like this? <laughs> It'd be at terrifying. Night? Yeah. yeah, at night. Yeah. Ooh, man. Yeah. No. You know what? Uh, it's quick diversion. At one time in the like three in the morning or something, I was driving home don't know where i was coming from a buddy's place or something driving home in the middle of the night there's hardly anyone around there's no cars around this car drives up beside me and is like pacing me and so then i just like look glance over and this guy with a fucking creepy clown mask is leaning out oh the window goodness. and just just staring at me oh. like, jesus christ <laughs> oh my that is creepy. Hit the gas pedal. Wow. <laughs> oh, thankfully I was turning right at the next like Good. intersection. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah. That got my heart going, let me tell you. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Checking the rear view mirror after yeah, that. Turn. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They went straight, right? <laughs> wow. It's amazing what a mask can do like to an yeah. so el- creepy. Elicit yeah. terror. Yeah. So driver, uh, he's following Nino down the highway. 
and he drives Nino's car off a small cliff down to yeah. a beach where he pursues to follow him and drown him in the ocean. The the music during that scene. Yeah. When he, you know, they're sitting in the dark and they're like, because he hit them with the car and they're like, you know, where is he? It's the whole music with him when he puts the mask on. He's watching them through the pizza shop window um, and then into this scene where he knocks them into the beach. I don't know. It's just like oh, this orchestral. I don't even know what kind of music you would call that part. It's a little bit different than the rest of the songs in the movie. Yeah. But it has this very uh, weird, weird feeling to it. We're watching this murder take place and there's this sort of like, I don't know, not classical piece, but something like that going on. I think it works uh, to, to change the sound a bit there because Nino was sort of the catalyst to everything shit that's going on for the driver. So this is kind of like his, this is what the driver would probably want is this is his like main villain in the movie is mm. this let's kill this guy and let's maybe have, have it sound a bit different because it maybe should feel a bit different. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a good call. There's something there definitely that they were going for a different vibe during that sp- specific yeah. uh, murdering <laughs> murdering yeah. Yeah, rampage. But yeah. Well, even him putting on the mask, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just like that is not something we would really expect to happen here. We, you know, you kind of feel like you have a grasp on Driver, even though he's, you know, even though he's kind of uh, high and low, you feel like you still have a grasp on what he can do. And then he puts on this mask to do the he's murders. Like, he like, becomes I like a slasher killer for a minute. Yeah, you know? what is happening? Like, why is he doing that? I don't know why he's doing this. That's why I like the music change too, because the feel is totally changing for me at this moment. So it's like, why, why is he doing this? I don't know why he's doing this. Is he just like, can he not... decipher between like movies and reality now like who knows like what he's doing you know but he's like yeah sticks on this mask and he's this serial killer now he's this horror slasher yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's uh it's a weird it's a weird vibe so i like the music change it's also a bit of a different kill too right because it's not this ultra gory kill that we've been seeing Mm -hmm. it's much more intimate um he just kind of like he basically chokes him and drowns him right he uses his car skills to get him off the road and then yeah yeah, just drowns. It's weird. It's like yeah. he he wanted to feel that one, maybe more so than the others. I don't know. Interesting. But yet he put on this mask, you know. Yet he has this like it's yeah. he's like it's not me anymore yeah, or, or right. something. You know, it's like it's not it's not me. It's yeah. this person now. This person's doing it. Yeah, whatever it is. It's a weird scene. Yeah, it's it's neat. Yeah. yeah. So before this meeting with Bernie and the driver, driver calls Irene, and tells her he's going somewhere and he doesn't think that he can come back but that she was the best thing that ever happened to him. Then at the meeting, Bernie tells him in exchange for the money, Irene will be safe, but the driver will always be a target and he'll have to live looking over his shoulder for the rest of his life. Driver pulls the bag of money out and Bernie stabs him in the stomach. Immediately. It's like, you'll have to look over your shoulder for the rest of your life. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I I like that. Thinking about that afterwards, I really like that. Well, yeah, because you would think that would get him off his guard, right? Like, he's not going to come for me now. He's going to come for me later. Right. And I kind of, I kind of like thought that Bernie was saying, look, I'm not going to do it. Like, if you give me the money, Irene will be safe. I won't come after you but someone's going to come after you for what you've done, but you'll have a chance to get away if you want that. And then, yeah, immediately just boom, knife in the stomach, but he just sees that bag and he's like, stab. <laughs> yeah. That's all he's been waiting for is that money. <laughs> yeah. Uh driver stabs Bernie right back in the neck and kills him though. 
He was ready. Yep. So driver gets back in his car and he drives away, leaving the money. We see. Well, re- we we had a long shot where he's just sitting there, and you're like, "Is he dead?" <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we're kind of waiting yeah. for him just to die. Was yeah. The, yeah. the vibe I was getting, but then yeah, he doesn't. He kind of he drives off. Yeah, he drives off. But you know, how long will he live for? I don't know. Yeah, well, it's a ver- it's a very amb- ambiguous uh, ending, right? Because yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, Irene and the kid are presumably safe now. And I don't think he's going back for her, right? I think he's just driving off into the proverbial sunset kind of thing. Yeah. Um, If he even lives, right? We don't know if he lives or not, but yeah. Yeah, we, We see Irene knock on his apartment door, but he's obviously not there. I liked that. I liked that, um, that moment because it's like, she still wanted it to be something, right? Like if, Mm. if if at all possible, she would still be up for, you know, that that new three-person unit with him, her, and, and the son. Um, but, you know, just as it never was meant to be in this entire movie, it's still not meant to be. But I like them showing us that. Yeah, for sure. That's a nice little touch because it could just be like, well, once the elevator thing happens, she's like done with him. But there is this part of her that's still like, uh, no, there's something about him. Like, you uh, there's something about is <laughs> not how the song goes. Um, the, she's still a she's, she's still a tra- sorry about that, guys. I just you know okay. made you have to listen to that assault on your ears. Um, <laughs> she she is still attracted to him. There's she's seen this this nice tender side of him. So like there's yeah she still would like it if somehow it could work out. But yeah yeah the moments they had that were pure were pure enough that she's you know willing to look past you know what he's done. But uh, not to be. Uh, we see driver cruising down the highway at night, and the end. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. So great ending to that. I love leaving it open ended. Like, hey, you know, maybe he does survive. He he could go back to his apartment the next day. They could possibly work things out. He could die. Who knows what happens? But I like not knowing. He could drive off and start his life again somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think that's the best ending. Sometimes. When movies leave things ambiguous like that, uh, it can be frustrating. Like, I'd rather they just choose a lane. But in this case, I don't want to see a lane. I think if they chose a lane, I'd be more irritated that they went one way or the other. I like that it's just left open and it just ends that way. I think it's just the perfect ending for the movie. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's kind of it's kind of like his um, his five minute thing. The whole movie is that five minute thing. I don't know where he came from and I don't know where he went. You know, I all I know is the time that we spent in the movie. Like, I have no idea why he got to that point Mm -hmm. and I have no idea what's going to happen after this. And I like that. Yeah. And it's this kind of movie, too, where it's such an economical movie in terms of, you know, it's a sparse dialogue. uh, You know, there's only a handful of characters. The action isn't well, isn't over the top in terms of staging, maybe in terms of its violence. Um, to, but you, so you need those little details, those little nuance movie things just to to carry this through and all connect and make it feel like it's a bigger thing than maybe. So I know some people's experience watching this movie is like, well, not a lot happens and it's kind of boring and the driver doesn't have any emotions. And I'm like, no, you, 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 it's there. You just have to be paying attention to the little things, right? The little nods, the little, uh, the looks you can see in the eyes of the characters and all that kind of stuff that 
all that stuff builds up to something if you are actually watching it, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely the type of person who approves of movies like this. I like when a movie just breathes. It, uh, it doesn't have to have dialogue. Um, it can just sit with moments and let you feel, you know, let you kind of absorb maybe what the character is feeling. Let the camera tell you something. Yes. Let the music yes. tell you something. Um, mm. That is all equally as powerful as one of the characters speaking words. So this movie did a great job of just sitting back with the camera, letting us watch, letting us feel. And yeah, I, I think there's a ton of character uh, development in those moments. Um, really, really good movie. They did a great job with it. Uh, definitely rec recommend this one. I think people, if you haven't seen this and you're okay with a bit of gore, uh, check this out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny as we're doing re reading some stuff about the movie, you know, the positive reviews, the negative reviews, all that stuff. Uh, I guess there's like a lady that sued the filmmakers because the ads made it look like it was more action packed than it actually oh, is. Come so, on. Like they thought it was going to be a, a lot of car chases and stuff, which, oh you know, really, goodness. we only have a few. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Sadly, <laughs> she probably won. <laughs> I don't know if she won. So. She probably didn't win. So. <laughs> but man, you know, in America, people sue each other for everything. She probably right? won. <laughs> it's ridiculous. She burnt her hand on the DVD and won. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, uh, cool. Well, uh, that was a great choice, Dustin. I had uh, you know, a lot yeah. of fun watching it and uh, lots of fun chatting with you about it. So uh, please uh, plug Action Action, which is uh, one of my favorite podcasts. I, I love listening. Love uh, oh, you. you know the uh, the breakdowns you guys do, and uh, lots of fun. Your list is uh, a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, please tell everybody uh, you know a little bit about your podcast and where to find you. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so Action Action Podcast. Um, you know we're on Instagram. You're gonna find the podcast on any of your your major podcatchers. Um, and what we do is just uh, a couple of guys, two or three, depending <laughs> on what we can <laughs> gather together. Uh, just going through a different action movie every week and we review them and we rank them so we're creating a list as we go uh each movie ends up somewhere in the ranking and uh yeah and that's it it's just kind of some goofy fun um but so it's, it's uh we think it's a good time so check it out and we're also um on letterboxd and that's where our actual list is living as we create it as we rank the movies since action action over there on letterboxd I always enjoy when you guys uh, review a movie that kind of lands maybe around like 160 to 190. And then there's like 10 <laughs> movies that are oh, yeah, kind of all clumps. the same. <laughs> they all got the same rating and you guys have to figure out, well, where yeah, exactly we does it belong in there? <laughs> I yeah. enjoy those. Turns out there's only so many ratings, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we get those big ties and we have to be like, oh, yeah. where does this fall inside yeah. this, these seven movies? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's always fun. fun. Stuff. But yeah. Uh, everybody, please check out that podcast. Uh, you know, if you listen to us and you like us, you'll definitely like them. So if you'd like to help support us here at Talking Back, there's a few ways you could do that. You could uh, tell your friends about us, share an episode with them. You could leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can leave a one-time donation of any amount at buymeacoffee.com. Or you can sign up to be a patron at patreon.com slash talkingbackpodcast. Uh, also check out Action Action over on Patreon. 
And now that this episode's over, don't worry, head on over to bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something you like, or Dean will steal a Mustang. <laughs> I'll do it. I would do it. He'll do it. Mustangs are easy to break into. I used to have one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I used to lose the keys and have to break in all the time. This so is, I'll do it. This is, uh, this is being recorded, you know, Dean. <laughs> oh, I won't do it. Just kidding. I won't do it. Dean, Dean has already said he would do things far worse than stealing the Mustang. <laughs> but nobody has... I thought you were going to say, say I was going to stomp someone's head in. Well, I mean, no. I thought about oh it. But, um, luckily, nobody has complained that they went to the BFOP network and found something they didn't like. So Dean has never had to do one of these things that he said he never had to do it. Never had to happen. Yeah. We're lucky. Uh, Dustin, thanks again for joining, man. It was a bunch of fun. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Really enjoyed myself. Dean, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal mm. is a joke. <laughs> Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion, you're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. <laughs>